You're listening to the Sean Lowell Podcast. Welcome back to the Sean Lowell Podcast. Thanks very much for joining me again. Um, I had lots of positive feedback over the last um, couple of weeks, couple of months um, about the podcast. So thank you if you've let me know you, you like them. It inspires me obviously to keep them going. And uh, thank you to everybody who has been downloading and listening and, and sending in questions as well. And I'm going to do another question today. So this is from someone who, um, I'm, it's quite a long question, so I'm not going to read it word for word. But basically, it seems to them that they are training really hard, spending by the looks of it, three to five uh, days a week doing some form of training, eating relatively well, um, not perfectly. And for anybody out there, I'm going to cut right to the chase who wants to learn to eat a little bit better or maybe understand a little bit more about nutrition. Have a look at my book, Successful Eating. Uh, you can download it from seanlowell.com. Um, and that contains all the information that I think is vital to really changing your diet for a healthy fitness lifestyle, um, whether you're training for fat loss, muscle gain, sports performance, or just generally to be sort of healthier and fitter. Um, so it seems this person's training hard, um, doing the right things food wise generally, um, but they're still not getting the results. And they're sort of looking at bits and pieces and saying, oh, are they genetically not able to get as lean as they want to get? Or um, And this is a fat loss goal that, that this individual has got. So I thought what I'd do is a, a bit of a podcast, rather than telling you what you, you should be doing, because if you look at my Instagram and, and, and Facebook and, and my website, that kind of information is kind of there, what you should be doing, whether it's the, you know using progressive training or whether it's eating in a certain way. And there, as I said before, in successful eating, there are sort of three different ways. One, two of them sort of rely on understanding your calorie needs. And one of them more on just making very sensible choices without having to worry about counting calories. So there are different ways of doing it. I think what a lot of people do is they don't realise that they're actually doing things that are pretty poor um, and they don't realise that. They think they're doing the right thing. So I'm going to look at five or six sort of common mistakes that people make. Um, The first one, and I've said it many, many, many times before, is not following a plan, not having a program. And don't switch off immediately that I say that. You're like, well, I don't want to follow a program. I understand that. Some people just like to turn up and do a bit of exercise. I get that. Um... Unfortunately, when we do that, we tend to do the things we like, we tend to do the things in our comfort zone, and we don't always tend to work as hard as we possibly could. So it's easy to turn up to, uh, I don't know, a spin class and a Zumba class and maybe some form of new hit, essentially, circuit class and work kind of to a point of, of working hard, but you're not writing down exactly what you did in the spin class in terms of resistance. So when it comes to the next week, are you in your comfort zone or are you making it harder? And the week after that, are you making it harder again? Does your does your spin class instructor or any class instructor have a progressive plan in mind? So, Or is it just a rock up, do a bit and leave? Because that's, that's training or exercising, but it's not following a progressive plan that's going to make you better. So if you were trying to get a 10k personal best, let's say 10k run personal best, and all you ever do is run 10k for 40 minutes, yes, you will keep your fitness, but are you ever going to progress it? You need to do some shorter runs, some interval runs to increase your speed and your stamina, and then some longer intervals to increase your endurance. You might want to do a 5k as quick as you can, 
have 10 minutes off, then do another 5K as quick as you can and see and slowly take that 10 minutes in the in the middle down, eight minutes, six minutes, five minutes, eventually two minute rest and then put them together. And all of a sudden you're doing a 38 minute 10K. Do you see what I mean? So there's progression there, there's a plan. Without that, you are just exercising. And don't get me wrong, exercise is great, but all you're probably doing is burning some calories. If we want to really create long-term fat loss and change somebody's physique or figure, we need to look at creating a little bit of muscle because that will help take more calories in the long run. It will also shape the muscles. So when somebody talks about toning and they mean losing a bit of body fat and gaining a bit of muscle, we need to see that muscle. So we need to create some. Just doing a Zumba class and some and some spinning probably won't do that. And that does bring me on to um, to the next point in a second, which will be excessive cardio. But not following a plan. I think most people I've worked with who message me and they're not getting the results they want, like the person who's messaged here, it's generally the first thing to say is, do you follow a plan? Well, no, I, I just sort of, I go to the gym four times a week. Or what do you do? Well, I, I do 10 minutes on the cross trainer and then I do, I take the, the three kilo dumbbells and I do three sets of 10 of this, three sets of 10 of this, three sets of 10 of this. I then get a 10 kilo bar and do three sets of squats and, and that's what you do every single time. Yes. There's no progression there. Well, I don't always do that. Sometimes I just think, oh, I'm enjoying the cross trainer, so I'll stay on that for half an hour. Or I'll do 10 minutes on the cross trainer, 10 minutes on the rower, 10 minutes on the treadmill. Okay, and what speed do you run at the treadmill? Oh, it depends. Okay, so there's no there's no solid plan. There's not even writing down what you're doing to understand. So if you always take the three kilo dumbbells and do three sets of 10, where is the, what your body can do that? Great, it can do that. It'll be able to do that for a long time coming. And it's better than doing nothing. But unless you take the weight up, take the reps up, take yourself to failure, add in a superset or a compound set so you're doing one exercise straight to the next so you're making the muscles fail, you're not going to get any changes. Um, and obviously that, that comes on to some of the other mistakes, but there are loads of training programs out there, whether it's from a magazine, whether it's from the internet, you know, wherever you get it from, you get it from a friend, just make sure that they're, they're written by somebody sensible who knows what they're doing. Um, a lot of sort of people I've worked with in the past now write their own program, send them through to me and little things they wouldn't notice, you know, that into that, you're going to have problems with that or you're doing a, a single arm movement and then you're doing the other arm and then you're going straight into a superset with a double arm or it's a compound set. One side's going to be more tired than the other. That might that might cause you a, a back issue or that might mean you fatigue one side, you might injure yourself or um, it, it might be, or your grip's going to fail there because you're doing three pulls exercises one after the other. I think I think your grip, whatever it may be. And sometimes somebody who's been doing this for a while might notice something that you wouldn't. Contrary to that, somebody might say, actually, you're working on your grip because you do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, whatever you do. Let's put that into that because that'll actually work the grip and that's your main function. And your, your training goal Whatever your goal is, always needs to affect the training. So whatever training plan you put together, it must be specific to that goal or you're not going to reach that goal. Whatever you do with your plan, wherever you get your program from, it'll only work so long. Um, and I usually say to people, six to eight weeks, four sometimes, four to six weeks, six to eight weeks, maximum 12 weeks, and then you need to be taking a rest weekend or a rest week and then changing the program. Depending on what the program is and how it progresses, if it's adding weight or adding reps or whatever, there'll be a point where you just can't, you plateau. And that happens. You get used to it. You can't do anything else. You need to you need to, to start again. You need different exercises. If you've been doing press-ups, you need to change it to bench press. If you've been doing squats, maybe change it to lunges. You know, you, you change exercise because your body's got used to that and, and you've got to a plateau. So that's number one of, of this is, is not having a, an actual plan of how you're going to do this. And that even comes to putting it in your diary. Um, you know, you're going to train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday, and have the weekend off. Or you're going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays off, or whatever it is. Put it in the diary. 
Put the, tr- put the session you're going to do. If you turn up to the gym and somebody's got the kit you want, you might have to switch it around or you might have to do tomorrow's today and today's tomorrow, whatever it may be. You may have to change the time of day you train because you can never get on one of the rowing machines because there's only two in your gym, whatever it may be. Put it in the diary. Follow your plan. See it through. Write down the weights you did. Write down the rests you took. Write down the, the reps and the sets. The next time you do that session, you need to up it. And whatever your plan is, if it's up the weight, up the weight. If you've done the required reps, the one before. If it's to increase the the sets, add the sets on. Write it down. Make sure over that four, six, eight, 12 week, whatever it is, program, you write it all down. You know where you are and then you can move on. And if you come back to use that program in three months, six months, 12 months, at least you know what you did because you can look at your training diary. So a progressive plan and a diary to write it in is probably one of the biggest mistakes people make. Now, I said there about people, this is point two now, is, is too much cardio training, too much cardiovascular training. Um, and, th- and this goes for anybody trying to, to get a fat loss goal. The thought process is that you're going, to, you're going to get more fat loss from doing loads and loads of cardio training. And we know now through scientific studies, through anecdotal evidence of people training in gyms and the sort of revolution of the fitness industry over the last 10 years and people doing bodybuilding style contests and physique style contests, figure, figure contests, that doing more resistance training does more for fat loss than doing excess cardio. Now, I'm not saying you don't want to do any cardio. Um, you know, if you want to do one, two, three sessions a week you can do. What I generally say to people I train is you earn your cardio sessions. So for every two to three weight sessions, you can do a cardio session. And this is generally because people who love their CV training or cardio training, that's what they want to do. They There's almost a, a negative reinforcement that that makes them feel good. The cardio is what's going to get them that fat loss. But if you actually look at the people around your gym or on Instagram or the internet that actually probably have the figure or the physique that you want, that fat loss goal that you look at, you probably find they do more resistance training than they do cardiovascular training. So the old cliche of, of somebody going to the uh, the gym four to six times a week and doing 45 to an hour and a half sometime minutes on the cross trainer or the, or, the, or the treadmill to try and lose body fat and actually never really getting that six pack they really want um, is because of what happens to the body when you do that excess cardio. Now without going deeply into that right now I don't, I don't want to do that you can have a little google you can have a read of some of the posts and blog posts i've put out but um if you think of a marathon runner not every marathon runner is absolutely ripped they can be very skinny um because they break down a lot of calories and they don't need the muscle to be a marathon runner but not many of them have the sort of six-pack abs and i certainly didn't when i was a royal marine i was probably about 78 79 kilos and i was a good long distance runner i would run four or five times a week I'd run every Sunday I'd do at least an hour's run um I wanted to and 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 did run um I wanted to be able to do 16 kilometers an hour a two percent gradient um on the treadmill for an hour and that was my goal so I trained towards that and I could do that um I couldn't do that now and to to do the career that I now do when I started getting into sports modeling and, and into commercials and doing some acting work I needed to hold a bit more muscle and also I wanted to be leaner in my stomach I wanted to have a better six pack when I was 78 79 kilos and a runner you couldn't really see my lower abs and I, I did eat a lot of carbohydrate but I did a lot of running cortisol levels stress hormones as soon as I lowered the type of running and it wasn't as hard it was it was more for um, enjoyment rather than I must hit these figures and get these times and started doing more resistance training and building some muscle all of a sudden I leaned out and I can now keep a decent six-pack abs all year round for auditions and and things like that not that that should be everybody's goal but this particular person has been looking for that fat loss so 
Cardio, great for health and fitness. Yes, it supports your overall fitness and it can help burn calories if you want to get rid of some calories. But in terms of long-term progressive program to reach a fat loss goal or a muscle gain goal, you don't want to do excess cardio. It can actually, um, as a marathon runner, will have over time. Marathon runners don't waste away, do they? They probably don't all eat all the calories that they need for the 18 milers, the, the full 26 miles or the, you know, the, the 10, 12 mile training sessions. They look at ultra marathon runners um, doing 55 mile runs at the weekend. These people aren't wasting away. Their body learns to cope with the calories they get for what exercise they're doing. And often their bodies change the way that, that, that they will utilize the calories um, in terms of you're not gonna your body your body can shift and change to give to work with what you give it um, to a point um, that's probably simplifying it slightly and your body will do that you know it doesn't want you to waste away it doesn't want you to not be able to comp- compete complete what it is you're, you're training for and doing you don't want that you want to be able to take a lot of calories you want your metabolism to be nice and and positive and strong um, and healthy and by doing too much cardio that's not going to happen by doing some resistance training creating some muscular tissue some metabolic tissue that's going to help you take more calories help you burn the calories when you're sitting sleeping working um, and that's going to help you get closer to that fat loss goal that comes as well back to point one which is having a decent plan if you've planned your training you know well I'm, I'm Sean said that I should really only do one cardio session to every two or three weight sessions so Monday I'm going to do weights Tuesday, I'm going to do weights. Wednesday, I'm going to do cardio. Thursday, I'm going to have off. Friday, I'm going to do weights. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to do weights. Sunday, I'm going to have off. So all of a sudden, you're doing one cardio session a week. Fine. At the moment, I'm following a, a little program I've written where I do a push session. I then do a cardio session. I then do a pull session. I then do a weight session, a uh, leg session, sorry. And then I have sort of a yoga stretch day. And then I go back round again. So push, CV, pulls, legs some form of stretching yoga back round again. So my, my rest day is an active rest day, if you like. Um, so yeah, all right, for every three or four days, I'm doing a cardio day. That's plenty for me. I don't need to do any more than that. And this comes back to your goals. If you're going for a marathon or a 10K PB, maybe that changes slightly, but you still need to do a couple of days of strength and conditioning to support your, your run. Those people that I've helped get a PB, often I'm not making them run anymore. I'm helping them do the strength and conditioning to support the glutes, the hamstrings, the muscles, the core that are helping them run. And all of a sudden we do some strength and conditioning. Funny old thing, their running improves. So, um, but this is about fat loss. This, this person's question is specifically about um, fat loss. So we've talked about having a plan. We've talked about doing too much cardiovascular, which comes from having a decent plan. You wouldn't. Within that plan, and this is point three, you need to look at the exercises you choose. And people focus way too much on what we call isolation exercises. So I think that I need to lose fat, for example, on my stomach and my backside. So I spend all my time in the gym doing what we call spot reducing or or isolation exercises affecting the areas that I think. So let's say I'm doing too much cardio. So a 20 or 30 minute run, I get off the treadmill and then I'm on the floor doing sit-ups and glute raises or um, what do you call them? The, the clams and that sort of thing. Really trying to focus on my stomach and my backside because those are the places that I want to see change in. That isn't the way you should do it. One, um, while we're talking about spot reduction, you can't spot reduce. So I, I see it all the time in gyms and, and I would have been somebody who did this myself as a teenager um, and maybe even before I did my, my PTIs course in the Marines where I want to see my six pack. I want to see, 
I don't know, whatever muscle it is. So I'm just going to do that because that will affect it. If you've got a layer of body fat over your stomach, all the sit-ups in the world are not going to get rid of that body fat. That body fat is going to be lowered by sensible nutrition and sensible diet, eating sensibly, eating correctly, and doing good training sessions that will affect your entire body, which comes to compound exercises, multiple muscle exercises, not isolation exercises that work just one muscle group or trying to spot reduce. So there's more than one muscle involved in in a sit-up, but people do them because they think, well, that's going to lower the body fat on my stomach. It's not. You're not going to, you can't turn fat to muscle and muscle can't turn to fat. They're two different things. You can build a layer of fat over the top of the muscles. You can build strong muscles underneath a layer of body fat. But doing endless sit-ups will give you a strong six-pack underneath the, the, the fat, but it's not going to make the fat disappear more. You'd be better off doing a decent compound training session with weights three or four times a week and adding in some interval-style cardio training. So focusing mostly on isolation exercises because you want to see a tighter set of glutes you're much better off forgetting the clams and don't get me wrong clams are great for certain rehab exercises when you've got knee problems you've got hip problems they're great at the end of a session adding isolation exercises at the end of a session so if you're trying to grow your biceps and you've done a load of pull-ups uh, chin-ups um, you've done some I don't know, some heavy rows and then at the end you add in some bicep curls brilliant the isolation exercises of the biceps at the end of the day really good same with things like clams and specific glute kickbacks and all this sort of thing you see lots of girls doing them if they've done squats, deadlifts, leg press, uh, I don't know, kettlebell swings, uh, pistol squats beforehand, and they're doing finishing exercises of the isolation exercises, great, because the general muscle's already tired. But if they're just going to do one thing, always do the compound exercises. Somebody following a decent squat program where they're doing a sensible progression from their program week to week, four, six, eight, 12 weeks, will get far more benefit from changes in their entire body as well as the muscles they're looking at, their glutes, than somebody who's sitting on the mats doing kickbacks for hours and hours on end. Just trust me on that. Um, Ask other people, ask other trainers, look on Instagram, look at people you aspire to to follow as long as they know what they're doing and sometimes I know that's difficult in the in the Instagram fuel world social media fuel world we, we look at but somebody who's been through that journey lost a lot of body fat speak to them I bet you they'll say that the compound exercises added with a little bit of cardio mainly from intervals or you know the odd the odd sort of half an hour session once or twice a week is going to do far more for you than just doing these isolation exercises so point three is don't focus mainly on isolation exercises. Get those compound exercises in, compound being multiple muscles. So a squat, you've got your glutes, you've got your quads, you've got your hamstrings, your core's firing, different types of squats, front squats, back squats, jump squats, and all the other exercises that are compound movements like split squats, walking lunges, lunges, so many different exercises. Don't just do these isolation exercises, these kickbacks and these um, sit-ups, um, you know, spot reduction. Same with the backs of the arms. Um, you know, I, I'm sort of focusing on, on, on girls a little bit here or people that want to focus on the stomach and the glutes and the arms. Um, it's just a, it's a good example because it's something we see sadly a lot. Somebody doing loads and loads of bench dips, you know, feet, feet flat on the floor, hands behind them on a bench, doing loads of bench dips because they want to tighten those, I think people call them bingo wings, they want to tighten those muscles, tone those muscles. Concentrate on bigger movements, overhead press, bench press, press-ups, Full dips, you know, oh, I don't don't want to get big muscles. Try some full dips. Try holding the position at the top of the dips for 10 seconds, resting for five, holding the position at the top of the dips, really pushing those triceps. That's going to get you far more, but you're also exercising the front delts, the chest. You're exercising more muscles. You're not just trying to spot reduce the back of the arms. And actually, how much 
good are you doing to your body? How much time are you spending 10-15 minutes doing tricep dips on a bench when you could be spending that 10-15 minutes doing big compound exercises? Just doing uh, like a, fi- a strong lift 5x5, five five, overhead press, bench press, pull-ups, squats, deadlifts. That's going to do far more for your body fat reduction and for growing a decent figure um, or physique than, than doing tricep dips, sit-ups and, and, uh, and kickbacks. So, number one, follow a decent program. And if you write a decent program, that'll take care of those exercises anyway, won't it? Because you'll write down the exercise you're going to do and you know what you're not going to do. And again, I'm not saying you can't do bench dips. I'm not saying you can't do um, glute kickbacks. I'm not saying you can't do sit-ups. But make sure you're doing the big movements first that are going to help your goal. Remember, our goal must reflect our trainer. Our trainer must reflect our goal. So number one, decent program. That will take care of you not doing excess cardio and that will take care of your, your spot reduction or not doing spot reduction and isolation exercises, not being favoured for compound exercises. The next one is weight selection. Now, people are after a fat loss goal rather than a muscle gain goal. This is never the case with muscle gain. I usually have to go the other way. This is about weight selection. With muscle gain, guys and girls often pick weights that are too big for them. And they can't lift them correctly. So you see people doing a bicep curl and there's a huge shoulder hunch. They're probably exercising their traps more than their arms. You see people doing a bench press and it's only going a quarter way down, if halfway down. They're not doing the exercise correctly. You see somebody doing, I don't know, an upright row and they're chucking it from the hips. There's a push through the hips and the glutes to get the weight up. Don't do that. If you're going for muscle gain, select a weight that you can do the exercise correctly and concentrate on slowing the eccentric movement. Any movement, the eccentric movement is as the weight goes down towards the floor, the gravity. You're controlling, you're fighting against gravity. So for a pull-up, it says you straighten the arms down to the floor. For a squat, it says you lower down to the ground. Control that bit. That'll make, even if your weight isn't very heavy, that'll make it harder. For people going for fat loss, Often the fear is, I don't want to lift big weights because I don't want to get big muscles. Now, I've said this many, many times. I've written it many, many times. Probably almost every article and book I've written. You aren't going to suddenly grow huge Arnold Schwarzenegger-style muscles just because you pick a slightly heavier dumbbell. If that was the case, every young man who wants a muscular physique would be laughing because all they have to do is double the weight and it happens. It doesn't. It takes months, hours, weeks, years of work to grow muscle and create a decent physique. And that's if you've got all the nutrition sorted, a good training program, and you're working solidly without drinking, without doing all these things that can affect it. So please, and and this is to anybody who wants fat loss, don't be afraid of picking up the weights. And again, as I said before about speaking to people who've been through that journey, I bet you they say that once they worked hard, once the resistance was a challenge, their figure or physique changed. So Lifting weights or loads that aren't challenging to you is one of the biggest mistakes. And I said at the beginning of this, oh, I I do my three sets of 10 on my four kilo, three kilo dumbbells. Great. And is that what you do every session? Yes. And how long have you been doing that? Three years. That's why your body's not changing. It's time to up the reps. It's time to up the weight. So if you can do three sets of 10 on three kilos, try four kilos. Oh, you can do three sets of 10 on that. Good. I had a, had a, a lady once and I got asked by a nutritionist that I was working with um, to, to train her. Um, this is back when I was PT and going back quite a few years now. And I took her on and I wrote her a program and her, uh, she had a set date that she wanted to lose a certain amount of body fat by. Um, so we worked for a little bit and got her into these exercises. And then we put in what I, what I call rest pause. So rest pause would be, I do, uh, let's say it's um, I don't know, a bench press. And I've got my weight on the bar. I do a set of 10. I put the weight down back on the rack. I count to 10. I do another set to failure. 
let's say five or six reps. I put it back down again. I count to 10 again. I pick it up again and I do another set and it might be three or four. Now, I had a feeling that this individual wasn't working to the full capacity of what they were capable of. And again, maybe scared of the weights. I don't know. So I said, right, we're going to work with rest pause. If you do a set of 10, you then put the weight down and count to 10. You do another set, put the weights down, do another set. If you do three sets of 10, the weights aren't heavy enough. You need to put the weight up. When I saw her a couple of weeks later and I went through the session with her, three sets of 10 with 10 seconds in between. That weight's not heavy enough. Oh no, it is. I usually fail. You, you can't. The weight's speaking for itself. In the end, I must admit, um, we parted ways. Um, I, I don't like it when I can't get through to somebody. It's a big failure from a from PT's point of view. But there are some people that you you can't help them. There's a certain amount of realisation and she didn't like my methods and you know, I was really trying different ways of getting through to her, but it, it, just, it just didn't happen. Um, and I learned from that and hopefully she'll learn from that. So the point I'm making is, if you're doing something like rest pause and you're hitting a set of 10, 10 seconds off, hitting another set of 10, same weight, 10 seconds off, another set of 10, that initial set of 10 wasn't difficult, was it? It was too easy. That You'd probably need to go up at least 20, 30, 40% weight to get to that point where that first set of 10 is actually struggle. So it, this becomes the writing your program again and keeping a diary. If you have got a program where it's eight to 12 reps, three sets, and you're hitting 12 reps or all three sets with 60 seconds rest, the next session you need to up that weight. And if you hit three sets of 12 again, you need to up the weight. And then if you do a 12, a 10, and a nine, all of a sudden we're onto something. Keep that weight for the next session. You do a 12, a 12, and a 10. Do you know what? You can probably take it up. That progresses. So not lifting heavy enough loads, heavy enough weights is one of the biggest mistakes people make. Oh yeah, okay, if you can do bodyweight squats and you, you want to do jump squats and you do 50 and it's hard and you take a minute off and then you do 40 and it's hard, 30, 20, 10 and then back up 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, you can get away with bodyweight. But if you're doing three sets of 10 after a nice easy 30 minute on the cross trainer, you're not, you're not going to affect your body. Yes, you're exercising. Yes, you're going to keep your heart nice and strong. Yes, you're going to burn some calories. But if you're trying to lose body fat, you're either going to have to cut your calories down or you need to work harder. Put a bar across your shoulders. Get to a point where those 10 reps are hard. Yeah, your muscles are failing. Put the weight down. Minute off. Pick the weight back up. Another set. Oh, you only made eight or nine because it was too hard. Put the weight down. I'm not going to labor the point. You get what I'm saying. So something I've always said to people is, I bet you, a lot of people that are scared of using a heavy weight, the handbag or bag that they carry to work with everything that they need is probably heavier than the dumbbells. And they don't have one shoulder or one bicep much, much bigger from picking it up, do they? Probably got a core imbalance from carrying it on one shoulder primarily more than the other, which is why I prefer people to use rucksacks. But you get my point. Don't be scared of those weights. You lift heavier weights at home when you're lifting a bag or if you've got a child and you pick it up, put it on your hip, you're lifting heavier weights. So don't be scared of the weights. It will change your training if you uh, if you up your weights. So we've got our program. Within our program, we're not going to have too much cardiovascular. We're not going to focus primarily on isolation exercises. We're going to do compound exercises. We're not going to try and spot reduce. We understand it's the whole thing that gets us to lose body fat and, and training the whole body, not one specific area. We're not going to wimp out on our weights. We're going to use decent lows and decent weights that we fail at or at least challenge us so we get a change. And the last thing we're going to talk about is diet. Now, there comes a point sometimes where people restrict their calories so much that they can't get the goal they want. Um, and that might sound odd because people say calories in, calories out is the most important thing. And it is. Um, and I've had discussions with people before working for companies where they want to put out a generic way of cutting calories to people. So, well, let's just cut 500 calories. Everybody, calorie deficit, just cut 500 calories. If I eat 4,000 calories a day and I cut 500, that's 
you know, it's not bad. It's probably not a bad amount. But if I'm working with a lady who eats 1,600 calories and I tell her to cut 500, that's a huge proportion of her calories. It's way too much. Suddenly she's on 1,100 calories. Her body adjusts to that. She's got to cut again. She's on 1,000 calories. That's not what we want. So it just can't work like that. You, you, you need to be more specific than that. So if you, and this comes to planning as well. This is where we've got our progressive training program. If you leave it to two weeks before your summer holiday or your wedding and suddenly you need to cut all this body fat, you'll probably try to starve yourself. You'll cut your calories right down. Your body doesn't work well with that. You're too tired to train. Um, you do too much cardio because you don't want to do the weights because you haven't got the effort, the energy. You're on the cross trainer, probably trying to break down more and more cardio, uh, calories and it's just not working for you. So restricting those calories too much can have a huge detrimental effect, not only on how your body copes then to the exercise and the training program and the weights you're trying to put in and all the things we've spoken about, um, but it, it's not it's not mentally healthy for you either. You probably won't be able to keep it up. Far better than just saying, right, I'm going to restrict my calories by 500 calories or I'm only going to eat an evening meal, I'm, I'm not going to eat breakfast or lunch or whatever it is that you're following or is, is just follow a sensible nutritional plan. And if you if you read my book, Successful Eating, or you sign up to my 30-day fat loss videos, uh, which is a, a free thing, by the way, something I put out there, I've got a fat loss um, video series, a muscle gain series, and a PRMC series, where you can sign up for free videos to your inbox for 30 days to give you hints and tips like this to try and help you with whatever your goal is. So just as I say there, just by doing Successful Eating, it's if you just do simple things, so eat, a decent amount of veg. I say two fist-sized amounts of veg. Eat, eat decent amount of veg. Eat protein with every meal. It doesn't have to be meat. I'm, I'm vegetarian. It doesn't have to be meat. There are other ways of doing it, sensible ways of doing it. Make sure you're drinking lots of water. For every 20 kilos of body weight, 800 to 1,000 milliliters, or if you want to be simple, a liter for every 20 kilos of body weight. Simple things like this can make a huge difference rather than, well, at the moment, I don't eat very sensibly, so I'm just going to starve myself for a few weeks and do some training three or four days a week and hope that that makes an effect. You're not really thinking about it. You're not really doing it properly. So understand nutrition. Don't just restrict your calories hugely. Equally, if you don't understand calories, and I was discussing this with a friend the other day, um, some people I've, I've known for a while put out a, a, a fitness book, a nutrition book and about changing your body. And um, a friend and I were discussing it and I've helped him cut body fat, gain muscle. We've been working together for a while. And he said, it says in the book that counting calories is a waste of time. I said, I know. I said, I, you know, I agree. And, and he said, why? And I said, well, that's because that's what people want to hear. People don't want to go through the effort of doing it. And he said, personally, having done, you know, cutting, bulking, all these things, I think counting calories was one of the most useful things I did because it made me understand how many calories are in a packet of crisps, how many calories are in... I don't know, a, a soy latte from Starbucks or whatever it may be. So he doesn't count calories every single day. I don't count calories every single day, but we've both done it. So when you're then trying to lose body fat and somebody offers you something or you're out and about and you think, oh, I'm a bit hungry, I'm just going to grab, I don't know, a Snickers bar or you could grab some mozzarella there's a, there's a difference between what they both give you in terms of protein value, carb value, fat value. But if you understand what those calorie values are and you know roughly what you need to have in your head, it helps you make better choices. I'm not saying everybody should count calories. and I'm certainly not saying people should count calories for life. But using an app like MyFitnessPal for a week to put everything you eat in and then realizing, wow, actually... So let's say you're a 60-kilo female that's worked out with your age, height, and weight that you need... 
1,700 calories a day and you just decide to put in what you eat every day on my fitness pal. And you think you eat healthily and don't get me wrong, you do because you have an apple and a banana and a couple of eggs for breakfast. And then at lunch you have half a sandwich with spinach and cottage cheese and some some lentils with some wholemeal pasta. And then in the afternoon you have um, a very slim slice of cake and a coffee. An evening meal you have... um, brown rice, sushi with, I don't know, you get where I'm coming, going with this. You put all that in and you think, well, I'm having mainly fruit. After after dinner, maybe you have um, an orange and a banana. So I'm having my five pieces of fruit a day. I'm having good good veg choices and salad, spinach. I'm doing brown rice. I'm doing wholemeal pasta, a wholemeal bread, or I have a little bit of cake. That's okay. You add that all up and it's 2,100 calories, but you've been making sensible, in, in inverted commas, choices. You've been having fruit, and fruit is great. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, not poo-pooing fruit. But fruit is quite calorific. In a lot of fruit, there's a lot of, of sugars. People think that avocado is the best thing on earth. It is. It's a great food. But it also is fat. Fat is nine calories per gram as opposed to uh, carbs and protein, which are four calories per gram. So if you have um, uh, too much avocado, you're taking quite a lot of fat. You might be over calories. So the problem comes then when somebody thinks that they're being healthy by having lots of fruits, lots of avocado, lots of wholemeal pasta, lots of brown rice, and all of a sudden they're eating too much. So I often say to people, you want to have three servings of of veg before your one serving of fruit. And that's not me saying fruit's bad. I'm not saying that. But when somebody's striving for fat loss, fruit is often easier. It's the lazy person's healthy. Apple, just eat. Banana, peel and eat. Orange, depending on what you get, is that zoomers? Peel and eat. They're easy, aren't they? If it's ripe, avocado, easy. Cut it in half, scoop it out. There you go. On it goes. Veg, you have to cook your broccoli unless you'll happily eat it raw. Cauliflower, you've got to cook it. Um, You know, things like frozen peas, broad beans, all these things, you've got to cook them. People get lazy, but it's worth it. Eating two uh, fist-sized amounts of veg with every meal is going to be better for you in the long term. Vitamin C-wise and all that, you can argue between broccoli and, and, and fruits, oranges and things. Two to three portions of veg for every portion of, um, of fruit. Don't be lazy with your five a day. Um, anyway, that's going to be a much, much better way to eat. And you'll see that instead of 2,100 calories because you put it into um, my fitness pal and you see actually how much you're eating, you understand what it is you're putting. You understand, actually, that banana is quite calorific. Don't not have your banana. I, I, I encourage anybody, male or female, to have bananas after training it's a great way to refuel the carbs you need more carbohydrate than you do protein after training so if you're going to have 30 or 40 grams of, of of protein you want to have double that of carbs to refuel the glycogen stores and make sure you're ready to go the next day but that's a good time to have it after training you know i still personally cut up um, apple have blueberries in my breakfast with oats i can take quite a lot of calories when i'm cutting body fat i might cut that down a little bit have less oats less whatever take the fruit down more veg you kind of get where i'm coming from so i think I've answered this person's question. So let's just, let's just, I know I've been over it as I've gone through it, but the question was, I train four or five times a week. I think I eat relatively healthily. I think I'm doing all the things I should do. So why can't I reach that fat loss goal? Is it that I don't have the genetics? Is it that I've done something fundamentally wrong in the past because I wasn't always healthy? If you're having two glasses of wine every night, that might be causing the problem. This is to everybody generic, not this person. And again, putting it into my fitness panel, you might suddenly realise, wow, okay, I'm putting in three or 400 calories a day through alcohol, which is taking me to 2,400 calories when I only need 1,800. I can't do this. I need to change what I'm doing. Maybe I do do what Sean says and do a metabolic meal, what some people call a cheat meal once a week or twice a week, and that's when I have my wine. Um, anyway, so that was the question. What is it I could be doing wrong? And then I've gone through the things that I think that people 
generally get wrong. One, not following a program. Diet program and exercise program. Two, too much cardiovascular. Just going to the gym or going out for a run. or It's easy, isn't it? Especially if you don't have a gym membership. Well, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to be healthy. You just go out running. Don't get me wrong. It's a great place to start. I'm a runner at heart. I was a runner as a kid, an athlete and a cross-country runner. I loved my running when I was in the Marines. I went for a run, not yesterday, the day before. Still trying to do the PMC mile and a half and, and make sure my times are there. But it isn't the main crux of my training and it shouldn't be yours unless you're going for a marathon, 10K, 5K. But once you've done that, please, if fat loss is your goal, running is not the be all and end all. Start doing some resistance training and make it the main focus of your training. For every two or three um, resistance training sessions, then you can have a CV training session. Um, the other things people do wrong, they try to spot reduce. I want to lose body fat on my stomach. I'm just going to do sit-ups. It doesn't work. A whole compound exercise routine with resistance training is going to do far more. You're going to grow a little bit of muscle that will naturally cut your body fat. And also you need to pay attention to nutrition, as we said for our last point. Isolation exercises. Don't just do exercises for the places you want to see changes in. It goes hand in hand with spot reducing. You need to do compound exercises. If you want to see changes to your backside, to your glutes, you've got to put the squats and the deadlifts in. Just doing the kickbacks on the floor because you can feel it in your bum isn't going to do it all. By all means, do a set of 10 to 15 squats and then go straight into some, some glute work and you'll really feel it burn and then have your minutes rest and then go again. So make it like a superset or a compound set, fine. But don't do them just on their own after a half an hour run. Weight selection. If you just choose light weights that you're capable of and are in your comfort zone, it's not going to work. You've got to keep pushing. Your body will react. Said specific adaption to impose demands, or as we said on my Romary's PT course, the body becomes its function. What you ask it to do, it will do, and it'll work at it, and it'll it'll change. Then you need to change. Either change the exercises and try and the program after six to eight weeks, or keep progressing that weight. If you use ten kilos today, use twelve kilos the next session. Use fourteen the next one, etc., etc. And lastly, don't cut too many calories. Don't just arbitrarily say, right, well, I'm going to eat half of what I eat. I'm going to take off 500 calories. I'm going to skip breakfast and lunch and just eat an evening meal. You might do too much and your body can't cope with that. And it won't. you won't lose body fat the way you want to. It's got to be scientific. It's got to be sensible. And if that means either doing what I say in, 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 in successful eating, which is eight simple rules that you can just follow in terms of how, what size proportions and all that sort of thing to eat based on your hand, fist size veg, cup size hands for, for carbs, um, palm size for protein, drinking lots of water, getting more sleep, or as explains later in the book, um, this is how you work out your calorie needs from your age, weight, height, and your activity. Then this is the calories you need. Use my fitness pal for three days, four days a week. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So actually popping into Starbucks and having that muffin and that large latte every day, that's probably caused me the problems. Wow. After work, going and having a couple of glasses of wine every day, that's causing me problems. Actually, wow. I didn't realize having half my plate of, I don't know, pizza with some cottage cheese every night, that pizza actually is far more calorie than I realize. Whatever it may be, it just makes you... A little light bulb moment, that's what it is, okay? And we need results. Data, we're in a data world, don't we? Everybody wants data. Politics is driven on data, business data. You need this data, this this MyFitnessPal data, for you to understand what it is you're doing. Same with your training program and your diary. That's what I did. Okay, now I need to progress it to this. That data, you need that. That's going to allow you to reach your goal. 
I hope that answered the question for the individual who wrote in. Thank you very much. Um, as always, I'm happy to answer questions. Please try to put them over open forum, uh, Facebook feed, Twitter feed, or on one of my Instagram posts. That makes sure I see it. Um, I do get quite a few uh, one-to-one messages, and I just can't always keep up with them all. Um, if they're personal, then obviously, and you don't want to put it out for everybody to see, but please make sure it is. If it's, um, you know, I can't lose body fat because of X, Y, and Z, most people can't, and it makes people feel better. So, you know, put that out there. Don't be afraid. Um, uh, obviously, some messages is our personal one. I do understand that. Um, so as always, at Sean Lowell on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. If you've got any questions, um, send them through and I'll try and do a podcast. And thank you very much for listening. <laughs>